What? Welcome back, y'all. So, <laughs> episode three was a lot. And episode four, like, I can't, this girl's gonna go and blow up the spot, <laughs> cause a whole war, and then just cut. Yay! I mean, I get it. I get it, Freya. How can, I can't be mad because when things are getting a little too crazy for me, I like to go to sleep. Like, <laughs> fuck them problems. <laughs> so, we can't even be upset for y'all, but like, girl, you got, you're not gonna make whole two pimps fight and you're just gonna be like, peace, I'm out to Detroit. But you know what? Hey man, it is what it is. You gotta do what you gotta do, right? Gotta stay alive, stay alive. Hopefully, this uh, little trip will be the peace that she needs and is looking for. So, I wanted to say the peace she deserves, but does she really deserve peace right now? I don't know. I don't know. She's sending off landmines everywhere. I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, let's jump into it. This is season two, episode five, Lifestyle. Let's go. <laughs> season two, episode five, Lifestyle. That drive felt extra long. I have to pee and not be in this car. Yawn French. I stretched out my legs, swung open the door, and hopped out onto the sidewalk. I walked towards the trunk, popped it open, and grabbed the two suitcases that were stuffed in. So remember, Mike isn't home yet. He's coming tomorrow. So that means we have this big, lovely loft to ourselves. She threw her arms up in the air, gesturing towards the loft, and then grabbed our bags from out of the back seat. That's the best news I've heard this whole trip, I said. Even better than when I surprised you with the old Henry bar, she asked, fake, confused, and grinning. We laughed and brought our stuff inside the grandiose loft. It had skinny black iron bars adorning the entrance and brick, brick trimming a large stoic door. The lobby had no concierge, but the exposed brick, ventilation, and cement pillars were enough. The place was an interior designer's dream, with all the different textures and angles. We strolled to the elevator. There were four floors, including the penthouse, which he lived on. We walked to his door. She pulled out her phone and began scrolling. You still can't remember the keypad code? I asked, a bit shocked considering we've been here quite a bit now. Do you remember? She turned her head and cracked a smile before typing in the numbers. The lock pad made a sound, flashed green, and unlocked. French pushed open the door to one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. I still can't get used to this condo. It's fucking beautiful. I said as I walked in the entrance area. It had two levels, two bedrooms, two bathrooms, one office space, and 20-foot ceilings. It was an immaculate corner unit, and we had it all to ourselves tonight. It's actually a loft condo, French said sarcastically as she raced upstairs. He said he was leaving us both an outfit since he can't take us out tonight. She was yelling from the ensuite bathroom. I dropped my bag and left my suitcase on the gray woven mat at the front door. There was a large circular mirror hanging over top a blood-colored leather bench. Just beside it laid a door to the laundry room, and beside that was a living room. He filled it with eclectic pieces that all looked very expensive and somehow fit together. Winding, elegant stairs overshadowed the living room, exposing the wood flooring to the second level. Diagonal from the living room was the kitchen. Its naked exhaust piping married the stainless steel appliances white cabinet and rustic aesthetic of the wood. I walked towards the kitchen and opened the fridge door. There's Moscato mix, like a whole bunch of them actually. I laughed as I grabbed one and popped it open. 
they don't make these in Canada. And he knows they're our favorite. Ah, side French as she released her pee. Mike's literally my favorite trick I ever had. Mike is my favorite trick, and he ain't even my trick, bro. I chuckled, walking back over to grab my bags and suitcase. I brought them over to my room. I slept in the spare room when we come. It was on the main floor, and it had its own washroom. It was nice, but it's simple as fuck. It had a queen-size bed that he decorated with a navy pinstripe duvet and small Ikea-looking nightstand. The 43-inch TV was mounted on the wall, along with a black and white painting. Girl, you know you're sleeping with me tonight, right? So don't get too comfortable down there, French said as she walked down the stairs to grab her bag. I don't mind sleeping with French in Mike's bed because he was truly never home. His bed was barely slept in. If it wasn't for me and French, she wouldn't even be at this place, really. Bitch, I'm sleeping with you right after I shower. I said as I opened my bag and grabbed all my shower stuff. She laughed. And he brought us a black onesie and a red two-piece, she said, trying to bring her bag up the stairs, thudding her suitcase against each step. I grabbed my shower bag and walked over to the bathroom. I laid out my washing materials and ran the hot water. What the fuck did I pack, she asked, exhausted. How you're a stripper and have such weak... Upper body strength never ceases to amaze me, I teased her. Shut up. Not everyone can do the pole thing like you, okay? She sighed and pulled the suitcase up over the last step. The view was even more insane than downstairs because one side was all windows. It had a mini living room which held a small bar which was located in front of the master bedroom and office. The view overlooked downtown Detroit. It didn't look like the scary Detroit everybody has heard of and spoken about. It looked like nostalgia and had this eerie feeling of home. She sat her bag and suitcase down and got ready for a shower of her own. I finished in my shower, dried, oiled up, and headed up to the second floor with my weed bag and phone. I went and jumped down on the king-size bed. The fluffy duvet hugged me as I sunk down into the Tempur-Pedic mattress. He bought a fluffy duvet just for French, because that's her favorite. He used to have this hotel-style comforter on it before. All right, let's take a nap for a few hours, grab something to eat, and then go in for like 9 p.m.? French asked as she finally came out of the bathroom and started to put her stuff away. That was a tourist in her. She had to put everything where it belonged, and everything belonged in a place. I'm down, I said, looking at the time on my phone. It was almost 1 p.m. Ding, ding. My text message alert went off. It was Bam. I don't know why I thought I could escape reality, I said as I opened the message. What do you mean? French turned around and looked at me. Who is it? Bam, reading the message in my head. He asked, am I good? I sighed. Well, I was before I was thinking about all that shit. <laughs> don't even reply right now. You're in a whole other country, girl. These are roaming charges. Let's just forget about all types of charges right now. Let's roll a spliff, she said, walking over to me and joining me on the bed in fresh clothes. I laughed. You know what? You're right. Not every day stress myself out over dick. Here you go. I grabbed my weed stuff and put it in her lap. Roll it, please, I said, making the face that she loved. By us, I met you. We're fine. She rolled us a spliff. We threw our Netflix series, 
and watch it until we knocked out. Her alarm screamed at us to wake up. I jumped out of my sleep, drill straddling my face. I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. I murmured as I rubbed my eyes and tried to figure out what the fuck was happening. It's time to shake some ass, bitch. French jumped up and headed towards her bags. She was dancing and looking for her favorite song to blast. Rich homie Kwan's voice filled the room. Did a lot of shit just to live this here lifestyle. Bitch, you're going to have to update your favorite song someday soon, I yelled. We got ready and then headed on our way to work. The Pantheon Club was right off of Michigan Ave by Oakman. It was one of the hottest clubs in Detroit. It was like a palace. It had six huge pillars leading to the big front door and valet parking for the patrons to make sure no one can go outside and pop their trunk. We pulled into the back of the parking lot and parked in the designated staff area. We grabbed our bags and headed to the entrance. The parking lot already had a good amount of cars in it. We walked into the club, signed in, and headed to the change rooms. Inside was even more gorgeous. It had a huge center stage with two poles on either end. VIP booths lined the walls and an upscale bar stood in front of them. We snuck downstairs into the change room. As soon as French opened the door, you can hear the voices of all the strippers downstairs yelling. French eyed an open spot on the counter and went and put her things down. I'm going to say this one last time. If a bitch touches my fucking things again, I'll kill you. We clear? She asked, waving around a pocket knife. She was a big, mean-looking chick that nobody was trying to fuck with. Okay, okay, peaches, we get it. Put that shit away now. Uh, all right, everyone, show's over. Go finish getting ready, the house mom motioned everyone. I was silent, but I knew French could feel me. The girls here do the most sometimes. You're better off just not engaging and minding your business. We finished getting ready, headed upstairs. I was wearing the red crystal fishnet two-piece, and French was wearing the black one. We walked onto the floor and threw a nod to the DJ to let him know we were here. Out here, the DJs are the ones that you want to know, because they're like the party promoters for the club, and they control who's going on stage and to the best songs, because it's live. Those guys, French leaned in and said to me in my ear. She pointed at three niggas bobbing their head, sipping their drinks and talking. Let's go. I said as I walked over to them. Work is different with French. It's different out here. Who comes to the strip club to have deep conversation? I teased and smiled to all of them. I mean, it has to be someone's birthday or something, right? French assisted. The one with the mouthful of gold laughed. Where are y'all from? You got an accent. Toronto, but you're the one with the accent. I flirted back. Turn around, let me see some real quick, his friend said as he pulled out a spread of ones. We bent over, grabbed our ankles, and started putting on a show for little homie and his friends. We were making a good little money pal till he tapped my thigh and said they're gonna head to the bar to catch them later when more of the niggas came. Change room? French asked. Change room, I agreed, and started helping her put the money in our bag. I followed behind her towards the stairs. We went back downstairs, quickly sorted the ones, freshened up, and were back on the floor. It was around 1 a.m. now, and the club was packed. French and I made a bag, and we were dancing for this crew in the corner until the DJ called my name to the stage. Go and come back. I'll sweep up what's thrown, she said as she nudged me towards the stage. I, 
I pushed my way through to the stage with a lot of excuse me and pardon me. There were four steps on the right side of the stage. I waited until the girl on the main pole got off. We got our Toronto baddie royale in the house, all the way from the six coming on the main pole. And you know we have to show her some Detroit love now. And we got our in-house fine-ass peaches moving to the backstage, the DJ announced over the mic. I walked on the large oval stage and grabbed the pole. The black flooring being lit up by all the red LED lights lining the stage. I spun and rested the middle of my back against the pole and faced the crowd. I couldn't see faces, just a small reflection of myself on stage in the mirror over top the booth. I looked good. The lights over top hit the crystals on my red fishnet outfit and created rainbows everywhere. I snapped out of my trance and the music faded back in. Rich homie Kwan tantalized my ears and I chuckled to myself. I twisted and turned with the pole, bent my body and shook with the music. I was on the pole spinning and spinning and then money started to fall, like snowflakes out the sky. My head whipped around to try and see who was throwing it and there he was standing at the front of the stage, mouth full of white gold and diamonds. Cartier's barely hiding the trouble in his eyes, smiling and looking like someone's best sin. He threw a few more hands of ones down on the stage and motioned to come forward to him. 